0: Is there anything better than beating the Jets? The Leafs sweep the home-and-home against Winnipeg, heading into the all-star break. We'll break down that and more on this edition of the Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: Welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, your daily fix for all things Leafs. I'm your host, David morris from Sportsnet. And joining me this week with Mike not here on vacation. He is probably somewhere on a boat right now. Uh, Is James from Offside Hockey Talk. And for those who don't know, the Locked On Leafs Podcast is a daily Maple leaf centric podcast. So make sure you subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can now catch us up on YouTube, Locked On Leafs your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your best bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And as we are starting this, for those who are watching on YouTube, you see our good friend here, James, is wearing a Kansas City Chiefs Travis Kelsey jersey because that man is going back to the Super Bowl. And if you want to place a wager on FanDuel, might want to get in on that now while the odds are still kind of fresh. And, you know, you might even be able to get the Kansas City Chiefs as an underdog right now, which is not something you usually say about Patrick Mahomes. So, James, I know you are feeling pretty good, a pretty good weekend for you,
1: for your teams, huh? Hey, it's not too shabby. When the Leafs can pull off a victory, the Kansas City Chiefs get the job done. Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble. I mean, we are having just a monumental weekend. Of course, the daughter, also division champion, her cheerleading. Man, it's been a winning weekend. We're having fun. And like Travis Kelsey says, man, the Leafs on Saturday night, they had to fight for the right to party. Woo!
0: James is feeling it. You know, I I don't blame you, man. I think I had CM Punk. Win the rumble, but he was in the final too, so got close. Got close,
1: but I want to see Punk win it to be honest with you 100%. I mean, what a better story! I mean, but nobody made mention of this. The final of the rumble was two stars of AEW heard- and Cody Rhodes. Nobody said anything about that. I, I, yeah, not funny.
0: Very interesting, but uh, yeah, Cody will get his second chance at WrestleMania, so that'll be fun to watch. And when we look at what happened this weekend for the Leafs? When we were last, Mike and I were last talking, the last thing that happened to the Leafs was Cal Croak left practice, did not look good, did not seem good. The reaction, you saw the video of him throwing the glove, talking to the trainer, you knew something was not right there. And then we got the news finally heading into the game on Saturday that it is a week-to-week injury with him saf- suffering a broken knuckle. Not, not good. Knuckles are kind of important in hockey uh so that's not good for cali yoncroke he is week to week i and as mike and i said yeah you lose him for this game you at least get a week to get a week where you don't have to worry about how you're going to figure out how to replace cali yoncroke but they did have to replace him for saturday night Bob mcmahon also not available because he is on ir as well ryan reeves was the yeah IR. Ryan Reeves was the next guy up. The next man up as they always say. And that next man up got the opening goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs in what was a 4-2 victory over the Winnipeg Jets. And if you missed my little part in the opening of one, I said, is there anything better than beating the Jets? <laughs> James, you know what happened a few years ago? There was a team called the Winnipeg Jets who made it a point in saying that there was nothing better than beating the Leafs. Mm -hmm. And this has been a thorn in the side of the Jets, I think, ever since that happened. This was December 6, 2021. What's significant about that is that in every game that the Leafs and Jets have played since, Winnipeg has not won. Nope. I think the most goals they have scored in a game was three, but most of the... Uh, in most of those games, the Leafs have held the Jets in check. So in this case, there is nothing better than being the Jets because the Leafs have been doing that quite a bit. And they got away with one. The few, you know, couple days before this game, when they beat them one nothing, and Samsonov had a hero performance. Yep. And it was interesting to see how they would follow that up with a better Jets lineup. You had Velardi back. Morrissey was healthy after he left the game. You got Connor Hellebuck back in net. That was the big one there. We're going to get to Hellebuck in a second because there was something that happened in that game that we are going to have to discuss. But a 4-2 victory in which, again, the Leafs did not look their dominant selves. Nope. But what they did and what I think any fan would have been craving for was just get the win. Get Even if it's a bit of an ugly one, do the things you need to do that you have not been able to do the last few weeks against a playoff team going into this game. The last team they beat that was a playoff team was the LA Kings who have been one of the worst teams in hockey the last few weeks. Cause they have not been able to win anything. Drew Doughty yeah. has called out his teammates for how they've played. And it really kind of started around the time that the Leafs beat them pretty handedly in LA. And so this was an important win because they beat a playoff team, no doubt about it. But I think what they did was they kind of exercised some of the maybe frustrations. And I think the big one was obviously Tavares scoring, the power play getting a couple goals after Austin Matthews said that the power play had been pretty much the power play had been trash. Yeah, but while it was an ugly win, I think if you're a Leafs fan, if you're a Leafs player. It was a satisfying win because of what you were able to overcome, what you were able to take away from that win, you know, now that you're going into the break.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a satisfying win in that regard. I mean, there's also a lot of boxes that were checked Saturday night as well. You get Revo in the lineup. He provides not only a goal but spark and really just pushback and things like that. You look at the end of the game when McCabe gets run over there in front of the net. There's a melee there, but everybody's got a dance partner. Everybody's sticking up for each other, and everybody's there, you know. basically taking a number, and that's because Ryan Reeves is in that lineup. I fully believe that. I also look at it and say the Leafs brought something on Saturday night that we haven't seen. They had a goal disallowed, but they also went down early. And this team's gone down early during this stretch where they haven't played well. They haven't responded. And they responded with not only getting the Reeves goal – But what we thought was the 2-1 goal, less than 29 seconds later. You know, that was another pushback, but obviously it got negated. I know you're going to talk about that soon. But then they end up keep the foot on the gas pedal. And this is what I've said to you many times and in many different places. They've lost that ability to keep their foot on the gas pedal or their foot on the throat or keep a guy on the mat, whatever cliche you want to use. But they did on Saturday night. And they made sure to do it smartly, defensively, and Samsonov as well held his ground and I loved it and it's got to put you on a high note going into the break
0: it does it really does and that game could have gone very differently Um, obviously after the Reeves goal Tyler Bertuzzi looked like he was going to break his slump his string of bad luck unfortunately he must have done something to the hockey gods because this guy cannot buy a goal right now (laughs) the league is just taking goals away from him now like it's just (laughs) so brutal at this point let's talk about that play because it it is still I still bugs me because you think you know what goaltender interference is. You think it's cut and dry. You think it's black and white, but just like pass interference in the NFL, it's not. You cannot for the I, for the life of me I cannot figure out what goaltender interference is anymore because yes, did it look like did Nylander interfere with Hellebuck? He did, but why to to did he interfere? Why did he interfere? Because he got pushed in. Now, people are saying, well, he didn't really do a good job of, well, he first off, one, one person I know said he should have sold it a little bit more. If you're getting pushed, fall down that way. You know, you got, you're got you going to get a bit more benefit of the doubt from the referee. They're probably going to say it wasn't that big of a push because he didn't fall. But the other thing that I think that wasn't really talked about enough, because the league said that he impeded Hellebuck's ability to make the save. Get into his positioning, Hellebuck. After he gets bumped by nylander actually does get up and he gets himself in position. And what he thought was going to be a John Tavares shot on net. What happened was that the Tavares shot didn't happen because it cut, it got deflected. And Bertuzzi was there at the side of the net. Hellebuck, whether he was interfered or not, was not saving that shot. No. Okay, unless he made some like acrobatic Andre Vasilevsky like save which, I mean, Colin Hellbeck has done once in a while. There's no way he's stopping that because it was a play that – it was a broken play, right? And what really irks me is that everybody, even non-Leafs you know, non-Leafs fans who love to hate on the Leafs, analysts who have watched a lot lot more hockey than I have on a daily basis, all come around and say, you had a former goaltender, and Kelly Rudy say, that that should not – and even Kevin BX, that should not have been called – goaltender interference and then the league not only reviews it once even on the challenge with more time to review it still believe that they were convinced that it was goaltender interference and i it it makes me just wonder what 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 can the league do now because i think this is a this is a type of play where you're just like the league has to get this right down the road because if this is something that happens in the playoffs it's, going to be a, it's not going to be the talking point that they want it to be.
1: Now, you just put that into the world right there. Now, that's going to be something that happens to the Maple Leafs when they play the Flyers in round one. Um, it's going to be a goaltender interference call. But, no, I said it earlier, and this is something that needs to be done. It needs to be a black and white thing where you have boxes that you check. So the ref goes, okay, this, 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 this happened. It's no goal because these things all align. This is what it's said in the rule book. Picture clear as day where this is a problem right now is it's open to interpretation. So one guy can interpret it one way. Someone reviewing it could interpret it another. And then where there's no conclusive evidence and they waved it off on the ice, that has to stay what it was because you can't give enough evidence to say, well, you know, no, there isn't. He was shoved in from behind twice. Not once. Everybody says once, it was twice. He's pushed once, leaned forward, and then again, even more egregious. Maybe he should have flopped and sold it real hard. Who knows? But then everybody would call Willie a diver, all these other things come into play. You never know what happens to William at that point. Maybe he's called goaltender interference completely, and he goes to the box. But for me, there just needs to be a standardized set of this is what goaltender interference is. Does it meet this criteria, yes or no? End of story. Because if you look at the Edmonton goal,
0: Buddy yeah, was flying
1: uh, into the goalie, buried the goaltender into the net. The puck was in, and it's still a goal. And you see the referee standing there saying he was pushed in. So what's the, if you're pushed in? Do you just automatically if you feel a, a push on your back, just lunge yourself into the goaltender? Then guess because what? You you're going to start
0: seeing players doing that now. If it feels like that, that's what they need to do to get the benefit of the call.
1: No, well, that's it. But then you're going to get hurt goaltenders. Yep. So then the league's going to come down hard on guys going to the net. So it's just going to be a circle. Like, just set a standard set of rules for this. Make it cut and dry, and that's what it needs to be. This is what every ref has to call it. cannot be interpreted any other way. has to meet this criteria, period. And then a ref can come out and say, or the NHL can come out and say after the game, because, God forbid, the refs ever talk to anyone. Yeah you know, which they should. I would love that because give them 10 minutes in front of a microphone, guarantee you some of these calls will not happen the way they happen now. But, yeah, just have that set up like that so the engine will come out. It met the criteria of this, this, and this. Here's the bullet points. Line it up with the play. You'll see it. Okay, these things didn't line up. This is why it was a goal. This, this, and this. Done. Nobody can complain if it's that simple, but because it's left to ref's interpretation – the upstairs interpretation of it, it's all different. It'll always be different for every single play.
0: And I'm sorry, the NHL just throwing out a rule book ruling without <laughs> properly explaining how the ruling applies to the play. Not enough for me. Like he, he The goal, goal on the ice was, uh, the play on the ice was confirmed because Nylander violated rule X, Y, and Z. No, explain to me how exactly Nylander did it. Like if you're going to have a statement like that, you need to be a little more you need to be a little more descriptive than just pointing out a rule and saying he did that. You need to explain in what way did he actually do it. But if this was the good, bad and ugly, as we usually do after a leaf's loss, this would have been an ugly. Fortunately, it wasn't. A leaf's loss, it was a leaf's win. They found a way to bounce back from it. Uh so as we do after every leaf's win, we will do the three stars of the game, uh, right here on the other side. This is a locked on these podcast, part of the locked on podcast network. Your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On These Podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, eBay motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride down alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guarantee Fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Welcome back to the Locked On these podcast. David Morrissey here with my good friend, James, from Offside Hockey Talk, filling in for Mike, who is away for this week. I have some guests lined up. James was the first, and obviously, James, Owe, he is pretty much a friend of the show. He's been here enough and has offered graciously his time. And so now, James, it is time for us to go from that negativity of the NHL's inexplicable <laughs> an inability to explain goaltender interference properly to now going to some positives. And that is the three stars of the game, which we do after every Leafs victory. So James, I will give you the floor first. Who gets your third star of the game?
1: My third star goes to uh, John Tavares. Uh, It was like the weight of Toronto was on his back. Everybody talking about the contract. Has he slowed down? Has father time caught up all of those different things for me. He scores that goal, that weight's gone. He's got eight days to kind of rejuvenate, feel better, heal up any nicks, bruises, bumps, lumps, and come back on the other side. But for me, my third star is JT for bumping the slump.
0: Yeah, as we have noted many times on this podcast, John Tavaris had gone 10 games without a goal, 22 without one at even strength. It is a concerning trend considering where he stands as the captain of the team, as one of the top paid players, and with the leaf struggling like they have been, the main reason is the guys who are expected to contribute just haven't been contributing. So, yeah, John Tavares getting this goal was big for him. He was actually also my third star. You know, anytime you, you bust a slump, it's you know, it you, you they always say sometimes that it just it can come in waves. Do I think that's going to happen to Tavares? I'm not sure, but. The thing about Tavares is as bad as the offense has been uh, his in, during the slump, he's found other ways to try to be productive, yep. whether it's in the face-off, Dodd, and things like that. Now, is he paying being paid $11 million to be good in the face-offs? No. And there has been some defensive struggles. And when you're struggling offensively, sometimes you are going to try to overcompensate and try to do more than maybe you need to. And I think what was crucial about this play is it just shows what he is – what's important for him is he doesn't have to do much to get a goal because that's not John Tavares. He doesn't have to, you know, do a rocket shot from out wide, which he certainly is capable of, yep. but getting the dirty areas, he's not one to shy away from that. I think that's when is important kind of with his game and the fact that he doesn't, it wasn't shying away that away from that, not cheating to get offense either.
1: No, 100%. No, I fully agree. And for me, I'm a big JT guy. When people ask me my favorite Leafs, I always lean on Brody and JT. Leaders, guys who go to the dirty areas, block shots, do things defensively, but always try to find a way to impact the game. And I know both have struggled in the foot speed department and struggled kind of to get their game going this year. I think after the All-Star break, you'll see a better version of both guys too. Yeah, the Leafs definitely will need that. Your second star, sir? My second star is Ilya Samsonov. And I say this because I won't fully say he's back yet, but I will say we've seen signs and glimmers of the guy that we want him to be from last year. That first goal goes in. He doesn't look completely rattled. He doesn't look like his game is falling apart, like, oh, no, it's happening again. He battles, keeps the puck out. The Leafs keep it to one goal, get it back, tied up by the end of the first period, and he held them in the rest of the game. And that is something the Leafs have needed. It's just key saves at key moments to keep the game in reach or keep them in the lead. So Sammy gets my second star. Absolutely love the fact he's on the comeback trail. And I tweeted out the other day, I'm here for the Ilya Samsonov redemption arc.
0: Yeah, you know, it's probably one of the biggest storylines from the Leafs this week is Samsonov coming back going 3-0. And really in the four games he has returned, he has looked more like the Samsonov of last year yep. than at the start of the year. Credit, I mean, Sheldon Keefe gave a massive burb to the guys who worked with Samsonov during this time to try to get built him back to where he should be. Yep. And I, he actually had him as, I had him as my first star because there were moments in this game where it could have gone away from the Leafs. Yep. They, as I said, it wasn't a perfect effort because they, again, allowed odd man rushes two-on-ones breakaways they put Samsonov in tough spots and what he did was told them i have your back and that's not something that i think i think that impacted the leaves in the past where when he had his struggles you could tell this team wasn't confident right and yeah. part of the confidence was they weren't sure what type of Samsonov they were going to get the last three games if anything has shown this team that you know what our goalie has our back, and Samsonov ha- did that against the Jets. Did he get some luck with the post? Yeah, most goalies kind of do. But I think he's just looked solid. He's been, he's been, and I'm really surprised he didn't get a star. Uh, he wasn't named a star in this game. They actually gave Nylander the first star in the actual game hmm. star. And I'm like, really? I think Samsonov was more deserving of it. And so I think he's just, If you want to look at any reason why the Leafs can maybe get back on track, is because the goaltending can give them a chance to win, and that really hadn't been the case the last month. The goaltending, I think Martin Jones did an admirable job as a third goaltender to keep this team from totally falling apart, but you could see it was starting to get to them. They needed another answer, and Samsonov has brought that for sure.
1: Yeah, it's a fair shake, man. And for me, if I can jump into my first star, my first star of the week is Austin Matthews or this game. Uh, the 40th goal, 600th point, checking a couple more boxes off in his illustrious career already. Um, when the Leafs need him, he comes up big. And that's been all season long, whether it's scoring the go-ahead goals, whether it's giving them good padded leads with goaltenders like Martin Jones and Nett to kind of let them feel the confidence to roll a little bit. Matthews has done that. His 200-foot game has grown a little bit. He slid a couple games here with, you know, Sheldon Keith stapling him to the bench and saying you're not going out, you know, kind of sending a message. But, um, yeah, for me, Austin Matthews, Saturday night, first star, why wouldn't you? He's the all-star heading into the break that everybody wants to see. lighten the league on fire with goals, 40 already, come on. It's an easy slam dunk first star.
0: Well, actually, I put it as the power play.
1: Ooh. And
0: technically it's a bit of a cheat because Matthews scored on the power play, so I'm kind of giving him credit too. Yep. Um, because after as I said in the first segment, after Austin Matthews called out the power play for not getting the job done. And look, he's not he wasn't blaming the power play because he's a part of it. Yep. He was taking ownership too. They had this game was close. It was a close game. The Jets were getting their power play opportunities and quite a quite a few of them. Fortunately, the Jets power play is not a not very good right now. Not having Marsh Scheifele also uh, obviously impacts that. But the Leafs had to take advantage of their opportunities. It When we look at why the Leafs have been blowing so many leads the last few weeks, right? They could not hold a lead to save their life. It's because they weren't able to take advantage of opportunities like they had on Saturday. Yep. You had a five on three. You better damn score on that five on three. Yes, And it was Austin Matthews scoring, obviously, his 40th goal in game 46. He's on an unprecedented run right now. No leaf has scored 40 faster and really it has it's been a long time since a player has scored 40 in the stretch that Austin Matthews has. And when you look at also the the second power play too, right? The other opportunity to get just add that extra cushion, the insurance. That's what a good power play can do for you. To do, yep. Right. And if there's one thing that when you look at how they could potentially have success in the playoffs as a team is taking advantage of opportunities like they got on Saturday. The team gives you an opening on the power play, you have to take advantage. And, you know, it, it I don't think it was talked about and we Mike and I talked about it on the podcast last time about how the power play wasn't good in that game against Winnipeg uh in Toronto Go for
1: 21
0: and how it yeah, it went through a very the tough Isles. stretch where should the Leafs have considered something drastic to to fix it? Well, the drastic thing they did was they put five forwards out on the five on three. It's something that they've been, you know, they've experimented with before they actually no, I think Riley was on the ice for that five on three, my mistake, but they have done things like that where they put five forwards out. But this is where I think that first power play needs to, they need to be more assertive. They were in that five on three. They understood the opportunity there and the focus was there to get that goal. So, I had it as the first star, but obviously Austin Matthews scoring kind of ties it all in together. And yeah, what he's doing right now and where the lease would be without Austin Matthews, I don't even want to know because he's having a season to remember. People are saying, well, he's not really passing the puck. I don't know. Guy scoring 40 goals, I'm not worried about. I don't ever want this guy passing the puck if he doesn't. How do you
1: him. win games? You score goals.
0: Yes, exactly. You don't win with Austin Matthews. Uh, passing up opportunities to score
1: no now
0: the game is the Leafs are now on their break they're on their all-star break a few players will be featured in the all-star game festivities this week a lot of them are going to be out probably enjoying a nice deserved rest during this time so we're going to kind of give our thoughts on where the Leafs sit right now heading into the all-star break what we kind of hope to see from them post all-star break here on the Locked On these podcast, part of the Locked On podcast network, it's Your Team Every Day. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seats on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And for James, it's going to be him cheering on his Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or 2 or 3. Not only can you bet who will win the super bowl who will win super bowl 58 but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored maybe even will taylor swift make it to the super bowl new customers join who join today will get 200 in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up that's fanduel.com slash locked on make every moment more with fanduel an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Locked On these Podcast. David Morrissey here with James from Offside Hockey Talk. And this is now the moment where, I mean, Mike picked a great week to go on vacation, I should say that. because, <laughs> And I think he kind of knew that this was going to be an easier week to take off because there's not really much that's going to be happening because we have the all-star break, no games being happening until... Thursday, when we get the All Star Draft and the All Star festivities in Toronto, which we're starting to see a little bit of the buzz. I, I did notice that there is some marketing material happening at young Dundas Square, which, which is obviously the top, like the Times Square of Toronto for those who don't know. And you're, the fever, it, it's gonna, it's gonna build once you know players start arriving to Toronto. You're gonna get Justin Bieber. You're gonna get Will Arnett. You're gonna get the Biebs, the Buble. You're gonna get Tate McRae, who I didn't really know much about, and I got. I got. I will say, I got some hate. I got some blowback from my buddies out west. We're like, you don't know Tate McRae. She's gonna be got. The, she's gonna be performed the Stampede, like one of the biggest events of the summer in Canada. So, my bad. I'm. I'm. I'm learning. I'm learning right now. But right now, the Leafs. We know that this has been a disappointing start to the season. All right uh at the 47 game mark for this team they are in a wild card spot they are one point up on Detroit now the Leafs do have two games in hand but they have 58 points they sit behind the Tampa Bay Lightning who yes they have three games in, the Leafs have three games in hand on Tampa Tampa's one point up with 59 points but the big one here is the teams that they are they should be trying to catch but I'm wondering now, James with the Florida Panthers at second with 66 points and the Boston Bruins first with 71 points is the window closing for the Leafs to try to get a, you know, in that top two in the Eastern in the Atlantic division.
1: Well, if the Oilers have showed us anything, you can go on a big old win streak and pick up a whole bunch of points Mm -hmm. at once. So they can do it. Maybe the Leafs can take this three game trip they're on right now and keep it going and pick up points. Realistically, is probably third in the Atlantic or a wild card spot. And I wouldn't mind taking the wild card spot they have right now and playing the Philadelphia Flyers or someone different outside of the regular Atlantic foes that we usually see. You know, Florida, we've done once, but we've danced with Boston. We danced with Tampa. Let's do something different. What was the old mantra of, of Tampa Bay? Just get in and make things happen, turn it on at the right time. So why, uh, I'm sorry to say it like this, why go balls to the wall now when you can just do what you need to do to make sure you make the dance and then turn it on when you need to. I know this team doesn't have the championship for that kind of pedigree, but maybe that's what they need to do, just a different opponent, different way of looking at it, different set of expectations. And maybe from a fan's perspective, if they limp in in a wild card, and I put limp in like this with quotations, you know, maybe fans will be uh, a little less with the expectations, and they can go on a bit of a roll, not having the world on their shoulders. But hey, it is Toronto. It seems to always be that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now, if the if the if the season were to end today, um, now obviously points percentage would change things quite a bit. The Leafs would technically be third in points percentage in the Atlantic. But let's say end of the end of the year, the Leafs still remain in the wild card spot. They would currently play the New York Rangers in round one. That's that, you know, it's not Boston hard. In my opinion, I think the Rangers, yep. they're a good team. We know that and they're built. To, they're built for the playoffs, but at least have had success against the Rangers. The Rangers have some question marks. Now, funny thing is, I wonder if they would even have the debate of is it Jonathan Quick or Igor Shesterkin in the in that first round, considering how jonathan quick has played from this year but yeah i get what you mean james because the florida panthers went on that run and they barely they they almost did not even make the playoffs yep there were one i think it was one chicago blackhawks lost to the pittsburgh penguins from not being in the playoffs last year so there's that now you could also look on the other side and you look at the vegas golden knights who top of their division 111 points one of the you know one of the top teams in the league, among the top teams in the league. And they absolutely dummied the Panthers in that Stanley cup. So I can, I can see both sides of, you know, you need to look the part, but also look at what Boston did. They killed them. They, they went on that incredible season, regular season. They were the champions. Everyone thought Panthers round one, that was going to be kind of an easy one for them. And then they lose. in round one, we've seen a lot of president trophy teams lose in round one. I understand that for the Leafs, it might be easier to get through the Metro Division, but the way I see things, too, is can Detroit s- sustain what they've done? I don't think they can. I, don't, I think yeah. the Red Wings are a team, unless they make big deadline moves, which I don't even know if they're going to be able to really do or rather they should even do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a team that I can see falling off. Tampa Bay is an interesting one because we know they're healthier now. Kucherov is at is playing at a ridiculous level, Vasilevsky, Full power, Kuch,
1: Vasilevsky, yeah.
0: Yeah, they they got they got that, that team kind of humming in the right direction right now. So that's the team. It's not really Detroit, I'm worried about it's more Tampa that I'm worried about because the lease have let opportunity slip. They shouldn't even be in this position where they're a wild card team. But with the way the last month has gone, they are what they are, unfortunately. The big one here for me is now looking at post-All-Star break, we know all, of the, all the focus is going to be on what do the Leafs do at the trade deadline. What do they do? Do they actually go out and spend assets to help this team? When you look at the lack of assets they really have, right? And I know it's been talked about, maybe Brad Schilling is not as willing to be a big player at the trade deadline. Is that your sentiment, or do you think you got to go and you got to get this team help?
1: What did Brad Terliving say in his introductory press conference? When you have world-class players like this, you do everything you can to help them win. So that's what he was talking about with free agency. That's what he should be doing at the trade deadline. And, um, you know, this team, where's the problem? Where are your deficiencies? Defense and the penalty kill. So go grab a list, find the best penalty killers, whether they're on expiring deals or they're on value deals on other teams. And those are the moves you go make. And you do spend the assets because you do not just burn years of Austin Matthews. Look at the fan cry in Edmonton, burning years of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You don't burn years of premium talent like this. And you're Brad Terliving who sat there at your introductory press conference talking about these world-class players and how you have to bring in the right things to make this team work to win with them, well, there's the trade deadline. And maybe he's a bit of an old-school thinker too, where he likes to get his moves done in advance of the deadline to get guys in earlier to make things work. We know he doesn't do too, too much, but this team needs a player on the back end. Calgary's on a slide. Maybe it's time to grab Tanef now. Maybe they finally want to make a deal. Maybe you grab Dumbo. Maybe it's a Coleman or an Adam Henrique. Maybe it's just one of these players to put in the lineup to shift guys down a peg to make it work. But, yes, to answer your question, yes, they're going to spend assets. And, yes, this team will, and I'm saying will, go to a conference final this year.
0: I think the big one here for me is the Leafs have to stop with what they – I'm hoping Brad living stops with what, what Kyle Dubas used to do in the past and take a page out of the Tampa Bay Lightning's playbook. Tampa Bay Lightning have spent a lot of draft capital to improve their team. Yep. What's one thing they've done that the Leafs have not been able to do? Keep the players that they actually traded for. Mm-hmm. They're not rentals. Nick Paul. Uh, you look at even uh, when they got McDonough years ago when they got uh Brandon Hagel these weren't players of the I mean Hagel I think was an RFA but th- what I'm saying here is you know, don't go out and spend these assets and then lose these all these guys in free agency now I understand that the salary cap is a thing but now you've gone you know what Nylander's costing you next year you know what Austin Matthews costing you next year if you're going to go out and get a of a, a and Calgary is not budging on that first round pick I'm not making that deal without any inkling that I can try to get a contract signed with Tanif. Yep. Because I I don't think the Leafs should be in a position where they trade that first-round pick if they decide they want to trade that first-round pick for rental because then they won't have a first-round pick for God knows how long. Now, it's not going to be a top-ten pick, right? it's likely going to be in the mid, you know, in the 20s, right? Early 20s, potentially, where they finish in the standings. But to me, you look at what's in the pipeline right now, you look at what you've gotten in Easton Cowan, what you've gotten in Fraserman. If you haven't seen Fraserman's goal from Sunday in the overtime when he scored, absolutely beautiful. You need some of these guys, because we're talking about what, what areas this team needs to improve on. They could get some of that by getting by hitting on some of the draft picks. But if you don't give your, your scouts a chance to go out and make picks with decent picks, it's going to be tough. I totally get that. But you also need to find value with those later picks too. You shouldn't always say we need a first round pick to get a good player. Tampa Bay has found some decent players later in rounds. A lot of teams have found value in the later rounds. Maybe you have to start doing a better job of finding more value in free agency where you don't have, you know, maybe instead of going for Tyler Bertuzzi, or sign Ryan Reeves to a $1.3 million contract, you get guys a little less than that, and they just do the jobs you need done. Penalty killing, playing better, be more responsibly defensively. But also, if you are trading a first-round pick, as I said, don't do it for rental. Do it for a guy that maybe you can try to sign and keep around. Because, yeah, I think what's burning this Leafs team is they've traded all this draft capital. and They haven't made it far enough in the playoffs to really justify times spending that asset? Yep, but other teams have found ways to make that asset worth it. I even look at Colorado when they got Josh Manson. They they traded for him, they signed him. And that's what the least have to start doing in my opinion.
1: Definitely or the price has to come down from the other side as well. If there's no extension. Yeah. And if you don't want to pay that high price and don't, but find something that does work like you said that you can keep around. And you can look at some of the guys they've hit on in you know, later rounds. Andreas Janssen comes to mind. A guy like Elia Mikheyev you signed as a free agent coming over. Different guys like that that can really add value to your lineup. Nikita Zaitsev when he was good with the Leafs before everything kind of drove off a cliff there. But there's things you can do. Players you can find. I mean, they're linked to a guy now in Russia. I forget his name, but a few teams are looking at him and he's interested in the Leafs. And he looks like he could be a goal scorer. These are things you have to explore. But you're right. The pipeline, I wouldn't say it's dry, but it's not as juicy as it should be. But at the same time, if you're hosting a big, shiny silver mug in June, I think that's all forgotten for a little bit. And I think that's what it's all for. But let's just get something going on the back end. Get Tanev here. Sign the extension because you know he'll take a homer. Just like Geo. Wrap it up. But the funny thing would be you'd have most of Bradford Living's defense from Calgary in Toronto in Giordano, Brody, and Tanoff.
0: I think if you're going to go after Tanev, and and Tana would be a guy I'd be interested in. We've ex- we've talked about on this podcast how Tanev yeah. would be a guy we're interested in. The reason why, too, is because then Brody can slide down. I think that's something that's needed. I think Riley needs someone a little more. De- and look, Riley could be better defensively, too. He was guilty on that first, on that Winnipeg goal, yep. first one. But I think you need a tanov for the penalty kill. And just in those late game situations, you need a guy who's better at playing against higher level competition. Tanev is certainly one of those guys. So I do think they're going to have to figure out a way. If that's the target, it's going to have to be at the price that makes the most sense for the Leafs. And we'll see if Brad Chaliving is comfortable paying the price. Well, we shall see. Uh, james Lund, thank you for hopping on i really do appreciate it and thank you all for listening and for supporting the show we will be back with another episode tomorrow and we will be doing a mailbag this week i'm gonna aim for a little end of the week to give you guys a chance to ask me some questions i'll throw uh throw it out on Twitter to ask for questions you could put it in the comments i'll even put out a little video that you can also put your questions in there and what we'll, what better time with the lease being off I know a lot of you guys have Thoughts on the Leafs, and I will debate some of those thoughts. Maybe James will come back and help me debate some of those thoughts, too. We'll do that a little later this week. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at D underscore Follow James at Offside Talk and follow the show at Locked on Leafs. We'll be back with another episode on Tuesday, as I said. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.